Good afternoon and welcome to the council. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello. It's been a couple weeks, folks. Uh, so happy to be here and so glad that you're joining us this Friday afternoon. It's a beautiful day out here in Colorado. And I hope wherever you're listening from, wherever you're at, I hope it's a beautiful day out there as well. Just want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor here, the sponsor of the council, magicfinancing.com. If you need a car, you need a used car, do you need having trouble financing for a car? These are the people to go to. Uh, we've been going to uh, Magic Financing for years. Maurizio has been helping our family, my mom and dad, myself, my brothers and sisters, my nephews for, uh, for three or four decades now. And so please go to them. They are the best in town. If you need help with a car, talk to Maurizio, magicfinancing.com. They are the people to help you get you into the car of your dreams. Also want to point out that uh, I have a book out and it's such a, you know, as we're going through these challenging times right now, these times that are, are testing all of us, they're testing our resiliency, they're testing our ability to perceive the truth, uh, they're testing us in ways that we never realized we would, we would be tested in. And there's just so much out there, so much misinformation, so many people trying to dissuade you from doing the things that are necessary at this time. They're, and, they're, and they're coming from all ends. They're coming from whether it's you're, you're liberal, whether you're conservative. There are people that are out there trying to prey on your mind. They are, it's like a psychic virus. They want to take it. They want to control it. They want to manipulate it. They want to make your soul dance. Don't let them do that. Stay away from it. Stay in the truth. Stay in the, uh, stay in, 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 the, in the understanding that life is what is, matters. We're here. We've got to do the right thing right now. We can get to figuring out all these other things later on. But right now, we've got to be able to stay centered, stay balanced, stay congruent within yourselves. Don't get pulled in all these different directions. One of the best ways to be able to do that is to say, you know what? Is this causing me fear? Is this creating fear? Is this creating dissension in me? Is this creating uh, separation? Am I angry after I listen to this? Or is this giving me a sense of understanding and wisdom and balance and perspective and bringing harmony? Uh, you're going to feel that. you got to know how you feel about those things because people will try to put on that they're a doctor or they, maybe they have those doctor degrees, but they're not coming from a place of authenticity. They're not coming from a place of genuineness and sincerity. Uh, there's something there. And you know what? That you've got to be able to perceive it. You got to, and if it causes you any kind of disturbance, stay away from it. Stay away from it. It's happening to my mom. It's happening to the old people in my life. It's friends of mine on the left and right. It's just, please, there are, it, psychic viruses are just as real as regular viruses. They will recruit your soul to own it. And you've got to stay away from it. Stay away. Stay with what's really important in your life. Get connected to your soul. And how, one of the ways you can do that is you can, you know, I wrote a book that helps you. It's a self-help book for the soul. It's called Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. It's an it's a easy book to read with profound insights and wisdom, not for me, from some great masters that have stood the test of time. And you'll be able to listen to their truths and their understandings of the human condition and how we move through suffering, how we move through challenges, how we move through crises. Very often, these masters understood that in order for us to reach another level of enlightenment, whatever that enlightenment may be, more compassion, more understanding, more uh, wisdom, more kindness, uh, more forgiveness in our hearts, we had to go through suffering. We had to go through these things. They understood it was a prerequisite for us to reach that stage of that higher stage that of, of our evolution. So listen to them. They're, they they have stood the test of time, and I've compiled six masters for you in here. You read their teachings. There's a meditation that goes with it, and then there's some questions for you to answer for yourself. Because any teacher worth anything is going to have you ask questions because it's, it's, it's self-inquiry, self-knowledge, understanding the nature of your soul. And, and that's your responsibility, to understand your nature. The, the nature of your own soul, not letting somebody else dictate how you should live your life or what you should do or tell you to think differently. Think for yourselves. 
and understand that you've got to be able to nurture the, and cultivate these truths from Socrates, from Lao Tzu, from Ezekiel, from uh, the Buddha and others. And they'll help you to navigate through these difficult times so you're not pulled in all these different directions and you can see things clearly. And please check it out. It's on storebookbaby.com. You can buy it. You can also buy it at, on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble. You can get it in a paperback, an ebook. book uh, Once some of these uh, stay-at-home measures are, are, are relaxed, we're going to be doing some workshops on this because it's really important, really, really important at this time. And today we're talking about leadership. We're talking uh, with one of the uh, supreme experts in the field about leadership right now in, in not only in the state of Colorado, but in our, in our country. And leadership, there's a, there's a vacuum for it. You, you know, I think we confuse leadership with, you know, being a strong person and we've got to fight our way through it. But it's also being able to, you know, lead people in a way by example leading from a place of, of where you're heart-centered and you're able to serve the highest good for the most people. You lead for, for the sake, uh, on behalf of the whole, for the sake of humanity, you know, or on behalf of your state, on, for the sake of everyone who lives here, or your nation, whatever it is, however you can connect to it. But that's what great leadership is, being selfless and serving. How does, the, how does this serve the, for all of us in, in the best way possible? And, you know, I, I came from a military background. I was a military officer for a few years. And so I, I was able to perceive and watch and understand, you know, leaders that were very effective and leaders that were not very effective. And the differences between them and those that really were able to say, you know what, I'm going to jump into this just as like I'm asking you to jump into this because they were leading from the front, usually got a lot more people involved into whatever they wanted, wanted to, us to do than for those people that were sitting back and say, you know, you go do this, you go do this, you go do that. Uh, it didn't inspire people to, to, to join you on this, on this purpose, on this mission. And, you know, I always wondered if leadership could be cultivated and developed. Was it, was it something that was innate to us? Are some people just born leaders or can we cultivate it? Can we nurture it in people? Is there a kernel of that in everybody? Well, today's guest is going to help us to understand that. She is amazing. Her name is Rocio A. Perez. She is the principal of Inventiva Consulting. Ms. Perez is an expert with more than 20 years in developing talent and energizing teams, designing and executing businesses and market strategies that help businesses have an even more profitable future by saving them time, energy, and money. She is a, excuse me, the former president and CEO of Definitive Marketing, a multicultural marketing consulting firm. Rocio is a dynamic bicultural entrepreneur who has developed innovative strategies with a focus on multicultural markets and social responsibility. Ms. Perez's current and past clients have included, listen to this, the University of Wisconsin, Centro Hispano de Milwaukee, City and County of Denver, Denver Public Health, Department of Economic Development of Longmont. She has served as an expert panelist for the third annual Innovations in Hispanic Marketing Conference and the Latino Chamber of Commerce of Boulder County and presented at the Knights Foundation, NAEYC National Conference, the Colorado Association for Bilingual Education, the La Raza, La Raza Youth Leadership Conference, and at the World Trade Center in Tijuana, Mexico. Ms. Perez's workshops include inspiring greatness, creating the life you want, how to create a roadmap for success, learning the secrets of marketing, and the strategic marketing formula. And she was nominated for the 2013 Inspirational Leader of the Year for the San Diego Magazine's Latinos Making a Difference Award. She has co-authored several published works, including The Parents Are the Power, Toolkit for Creating Change, and the article, Multicultural Marketing and Consumer Well-Being in Underserved Hispanic Neighborhoods, published in the International Journal of Social Health Information Manage Management. 
Uh, Rocio's former leadership roles and affiliations include the president of NSHMBA, San Diego Chapter, the Greater San Diego Business Association, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and the National Association, Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, Colorado and California, just to name a few. And she is also the author of the book, Unstoppable, Seven Steps to Becoming a More Intentional Leader, which is an Amazon bestseller. Her website is www.inventivaconsulting.com. Welcome to the show, Rosario. Rosio, Rosio. 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 I love it. I love it. I I should take you everywhere with me. I I must invite you to do my introductions. (laughs) You're quite superb on there. So thank you so much, Charlie. Such a pleasure to be here with you today. I am so touched, moved, and inspired by your leadership and what you've accomplished as well and what you're doing to help bring this information out into society. You're right. It is about how do we impact our people all over, whether it's in our city, our state, our community, our country, and in the world. How do we do that in this moment right here, right now? I love that. So thank you. Oh, you really thank you. I mean, it's you know it's so important for us to be able to step up. I think today, and to be able not to shy away from the light that lives within us. You know, there, this is an opportunity of immense possibility if we look at it in the correct way, and and we can't allow our fears to keep us imprisoned in our minds and allowing the outside influences try to control and manipulate us. And I think that's why. We, People like you, Rocio, and others who are, are leaders in their community need to stand up and show people this is how we can do it. This is what we can do right now together. And we start small. We start in our families. We start in our communities. And we grow from there. We're not trying to take a bigger, pick, a bigger you know, a bite of the sandwich than we need to. We just need to focus on what we can. And Rocio, could you share? You have such an immense, incredible resume and the things that you have accomplished within your community and and our state. Could you share just with the audience a little bit about your background and how you came to doing the work that you're doing today? Well, I, I'm gonna start from the beginning. I was a little girl with a dream. Mm. I dreamt of becoming a teacher so that I could inspire people. And I'd run around with my tattered books and I would tell anyone that would listen. And at that time it was Michael said, Uncle said, someday I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna become a teacher. Cause I wanna inspire mm. people. And I would run around and tell anyone that would ever listen to my dream. And I remember reminiscing with my brother and saying, hey, brother, what are you going to be when you grow up? This is what my life is going to look like. And he would share what his life would be looking like. The reality was different, Charlie. Mm -hmm. I grew up in extreme poverty and circumstances. Life was different. Abuse, chaos, you name it, everything Mm -hmm. under the moon. And by the time I was 12 years old, after having moved 13 times, I decided to run away from home. I figured I would create my own reality at that age and figure that out. So to continue to move forward two years later, I mean, life was better. It wasn't ideal. And I was always curious what made people tick. You asked where that inspiration came from. I always wonder why do people do what they do? Mm -hmm. And how do they do what they do? And for what reasons and everything in between? I always felt that we come from love to love through love to love. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. It you is. know, like this world was meant for that. And, you know, as, as children, we grow up and we're excited. And, you know, a baby's not asking, do I have permission to be here? Do, do I have permission to be loved? Do I have permission mm-hmm. to whatever? And so knowing that instinctually, one of the greatest assets and gifts that I've had for my childhood in extreme adversity was extreme compassion mm. and empathy. And figuring out, you know, that vision that came, that stayed with me because of that adversity, mm-hmm. I was able to remain with that curiosity in life and just creating things. Life was different, Charlie. You know, I was pregnant at 14. I ran away again at 14. So I had lived with my parents since I was 12. At 14, I ran away with my 22-year-old boyfriend. By 15, I had a baby. Mm-hmm. Instead of having a quinceanera or going to homecoming party, here I was now raising a child. And at 15, I was also knocking on the colleges down the door, so down the street, so that I can go to college, emancipating myself, divorcing my parents legally at the age of 15 so I can go to university. Mm-hmm. I had a sixth grade education. Okay. 
And in that time, life uphill both ways, you know, eight hours a day on a bus to and from school, four hours in the morning, two hours to go drop off my son, two hours to get to school, same route, eight hours a day, go to school, do my best. I did whatever it took to do. And it also, whatever was inside of me, which still is to this day, it keeps on drawing me towards it. It's like, come over here, you know, like bring me, you know, let's bring these gifts and these talents into the world. You know, he too much is given, much is expected on that. And we all have these gifts inside of us. So I continue to nurture and hone in and help people. By the time I was 17, I was in management. By the time I was 19, I was mentoring students so that they can get into school, through school, they were more educated than I was. You know? <laughs> Some had graduated from high school. Others were on their second careers. Some were old enough to be my parents. It was just a privilege to be there in that time. And so moving through all that, what I learned for all those years, it was almost 17 years down the road that I figured, I said, wow, what is it? What is it about my words? What is it about my leadership? What is it with my way of being? How does a person who has a third grade education in their country, mm-hmm. how... How have I impacted them to graduate from the institution of higher ed, pursue a federal credential and education, and make it happen? How is that possible, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing that leadership was it. It was it was a gift that I later fully embraced and accepted. So that's where my life started off with. Why I'm passionate is because we all have the potential. It is inside of all of us. We all have something to bring to this world. And once we're shining our light, the world is even more amazing. I totally agree with that. I mean, when the more we allow people to shine their light, not feeling like it's being able to, you're, you're, like you're losing anything by empowering somebody. And I think that's one of the secrets that one of the is of great leaders is to be able to empower other people to shine their light, to shine their power, to show their gifts, to show their talents. Uh, rather than feeling it as a threat that I have to compete now with this person on some level because I'm so afraid to empower them. If they empower, it's, it's somehow a threat to me. But great leadership, just like what you had described, here you come from abject poverty, uh, you know, challenges, trials, abuse, and, and you didn't let that stop you. You know, you, you could have gone in two different directions, Rosia. You could have gone in two different you could have You could have taken that one path and it could have led you down and you would have just stayed stuck in that environment in that world in that atmosphere in that uh, psychology that would have kept you down but you didn't you you kept moving forward and, and I love inspirational stories like that because it shows the immense strength of the human spirit the resiliency that everyone is born with and has Rocio what is probably the hardest thing you have ever had to overcome in your life wow those are great that's a great question like the hardest thing i had to overcome is to believe that i was enough mm-hmm. that i was worth it and i would say i combined a few things in there knowing that i was enough knowing that it was worth it and to love myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. would say that that to know there was a point in my life where i had students who would tell me like, Rocio, your life must be amazing. We're talking well over a decade ago. And your life must be amazing because look at you. You know, you're educated, you're on billboards, you're in magazines, you're on TV, you're here, you're there, you're everywhere. And I would say, wow, like I've given up anything, Charlie, anything to have what I wanted. And what I wanted was for me to have in that moment, right? And for what I wanted was my mother's love. It's like, I would give up my education. I would give up anything, you know, like if I could have an extraordinary relationship with her. And that wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. That was just life, right? That was a process of me becoming. And when I learned to love myself, that no longer mattered. Like, who loves me? It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. You know, at this point in my life, like people are like, oh my God, you know, what if you say something wrong in public? You're like, I'm human, okay? It doesn't take that away from me. You know, just and to know that I'm worthy enough. You know, I'm worthy of success. I'm mm-hmm. worthy of life. I'm worthy to have the best of the best and to have everything there for me and to be able to shine my life and be free to speak and share my gift mm-hmm. for who I am and what I'm doing in my life. So brilliant. So that's the beauty of it. So that brilliant. I, you know, I think you're right with that is one of the greatest hurdles that a human being can overcome is the is the feeling when they get to I'm enough. 
when they get to that place, like, I'm enough. Yes. Just as I am, I don't have to compete with, you know, this person, this CEO, or this entrepreneur, or this teacher, or this doctor, or whoever it may be, your, your boss. I'm enough. And when you get there and you stop the self-sabotage, you stop the, those, those efforts that, are, that are, goes on in all of us, where you second-guess yourself as a, you know, and, and the choices you make, and is this right? And, oh, my gosh, what if I say something silly or ridiculous? You know, what are people going to think? And all the, Once you get past that, then I'm enough and, and just the way I am. And, yep, I'm going to – that is one of the most liberating and, and, and most empowering moments I think anybody can ever experience in their life. And I struggled with that for years, and that's why I think it's what you said there is so profound, because then it opens up your whole life, because now you're, you, you feel unstoppable, because you, you are. You're literally unstoppable you at you that point. You own it. Yeah. I mean, a, a two-year-old knows they're unstoppable. You may want to hit record that on there. A two-year-old knows they're unstoppable. A two-year-old knows that they're willing to give the best of the best that they have for them, right? If they want a toy, they're going to go to the ground if they need to. They're going to make a ridicule of themselves, right? They're going to want to do this over and over again. And that's the beauty of it. You know, when do we take that, that action for ourselves? What are we doing that is connecting at that level that we're saying, hey, no matter what, I'm going to do this. No matter what, this is it. And you named something really, really important at the very beginning of the interview. You said the prison, like the prison. We're jailed in our own minds. Mm -hmm. We're thinking that it's somebody outside of us that's doing something to us when everything is inside of us. Mm -hmm. Our entire world is experienced twice, once within us and once outside of us, right? And it could, it could go over and over and over. And maybe we experience that a million times. Somebody did something supposedly to us, but yet in reality, we did it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's just call it like it is, right? Yeah. I thought, I was like, oh, did somebody did something to me? No, no, no. When I started taking responsibility, 100% responsibility mm -hmm. about my own feelings and my own reactions and my own way of being and showing up, then I freed myself. I freed myself because nobody was doing anything to me. Even if the person said, hey, you know, you're mean. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I love that about myself, right? Because right. a lot of the time it's like, it's, is it a perception or is it a projection? You know, what's going on? And when I completely own all of me, whatever that looks like, then that gets me empowered. It gets me in a state where I can truly be me. Right now, before pre-COVID-19, we had 78% of individuals that did not feel psychologically safe. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about that. What is the impact on the business right there? What is the impact on life? When people are running around like, I'm too afraid to say something, I'm too afraid to express, yet they have the solution and the solution's at your table. And unfortunately, they're not sharing it around the conference room table because they're afraid. Now, coupled with, okay, let's just throw a few statistics out there. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and put the 93% of leaders that don't feel that they have the knowledge and skills and abilities pre-COVID-19 mm -hmm. to lead others. And they don't want to deal with emotions. They think that leadership is emotions. And then let's take the 66% of individuals who didn't even like their job to begin with. Mm -hmm. You know that there's more heart attacks on a Monday, on the way to work, particularly by experienced by men, because at the end of the day, what does that tell us? You know, there's some people that say, hey, most people would rather have a heart attack. That's right. It's like, oh. <laughs> Not again. I mean, I mean, those days on those Mondays, you're like, well, I, you know, before I was doing this work, I remember feeling that, oh, gosh, I don't want to do that. And so, yeah, yeah, you're, you feel that anxiety, that stress, that tension. Your mind goes into this emergency mode, and all of a sudden you're thinking about all those things, and your body overwhelms. It shuts down over time. Right. And I really see it, you know, we're sometimes individuals as i'm in conferences they say oh, so i just don't get it you know or I, I got or okay i get it you know like i went into this job because my mom and my dad and that's why i don't want to let them down and i'm the first person in college and this degree or whatever it may be and so they're really not following what their makes their hearts sing. Mm -hmm. if you're doing what makes your heart sing every day then it's never a job mm -hmm. right and then when we see it from that perspective is you know are people flowing through work to me, being in a place of alignment is that people are dancing, they're excited, they're connecting, they're empathetic, they're acknowledging people. Nobody's taking anything away from them. They're, 
making that person's life better, making this organization better at the end of the day. And when this organization is better and this team is better, so is everybody. It just trickles from there. You know, our lives are happier. What do they say? Recently, they were talking about how a lot of kids who are bullies, it's because their parents don't like their job. If you can only imagine that. They had a study and they realized it wasn't because the parents were working long hours or were being paid little money, whatever it was, it was because their parents went to a job that they did not like. No, I didn't know that. And therefore, that impacted the children. I mean, just let's take a look at that. Even Anthony Robbins would say that. Mm -hmm. You know, here's a husband who has an argument with his boss, and he's thinking about that argument, thinking about that argument. He gets home, and he's like at a peak level, really upset. First person he sees is his wife. Mm -hmm. Now he transfers that energy, and he links that energy on a subconscious level to his wife. Right. She has nothing to do with that. Nope. She doesn't even have a clue what happened at work. Mm-hmm. And now marital problems may start because of the lack of awareness. Because mm-hmm. again, the world is experienced on the inside, not on the outside. And yet we're reacting on the outside. Therefore, we're not responding internally. Oh, and that's so important for people to get. And once you get that, and once you really understand the nature of how life works and how we are the author and responsible for how we how we perceive the world and how we respond to it and that is ultimately our responsibility that the stimulus that comes in whatever that stimulus is whether it's an angry boss whether it's a it's somebody who's who's trying to overcompensate for their their perceived lack of or inability to be a leader within their 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 group so they feel like they have to become very demanding and tyrannical and authoritative and look at me and now you're responding you get to choose how you want to respond to that you don't have to you don't have to just be in reaction mode or just take it or whatever and a lot of times people just don't feel like they can really stand up for themselves in those situations because they feel like they have no they have no alternative And when you start empowering yourself and start recognizing, I am responsible for how I experience my life. And when I take that kind of responsibility, I get to choose how I respond to these situations. I don't allow the situation to to try to, to form me, to dictate to how I respond. And you don't allow your circumstances to control you. You control the the circumstances, how you respond to it. And. Rocio, in, in today's world, there's so many moving parts. There's so many things that are going in so many different directions in politics and economics. We've got the COVID-19 pandemic happening right now. Uh, how do we get grounded when we're experiencing all this fear, all this uncertainty, and all this overwhelm? Well, let's be, let's be very frank. Stop experiencing it. <laughs> <laughs> right, Stop right. experiencing the fear. That's it, Stop again. Stop experiencing the overwhelm. Like, make that decision. Right. I recently heard an interview where there's a number of psychologists that would say, hey, they're interviewing this gentleman who has an addiction. It's like, why? how are you going to let go of drinking? How are you going to let go of drinking? It's like, I just have to make a decision. You don't have to go too much into detail. I make a decision. I move forward with that decision, right? Mm-hmm. It's about that stick to it. And that's like, I make a decision like this moment and I make a decision this moment. And even if I messed up that moment before, I can make another decision right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And the type of things that keep me grounded. I get up in the morning, I meditate. Sometimes it's two hours before I even get out of bed. And I'm like thinking, and like, how do I get myself anchored? How do I feel the feelings of extraordinary experience that I will be having that particular day? This morning was the same thing. I've been meditating for hours. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary to see that. And then I get up and I'm working out. It's like getting myself grounded is getting that oxygen in my body. And one way that I get oxygen into my body is through movement. It's mm-hmm. through exercise. That's the time that we're breathing. I love to journal. I journal. I have this. I have another book coming out, and I have seven steps to become a more intentional leader, unstoppable. And I also have the ripple effects coming out. And inside of ripple effects, I've released a an exercise that is super powerful on that. And that exercise has been extraordinary. We've taken individuals from point A to point Z in that. I up and I write, it's a 21-step exercise. Mm. Who am I being in this moment? How does this person, well, what are the things that are going to get in the way? How do I move beyond that? When I can see what's possible, I can create what's possible, mm. right? I can move towards it as opposed to waiting for 
somebody to come in and be that cheerleader, I must be my own cheerleader. Mm -hmm. There's even a question in there, you know, are you for yourself and who are you for others? For me, I'm my best friend. I'm the best friend of others where I will be truthful and I see that a lot of the times we're lying to other people like, yo, you're doing great. And then later they're like, no, you weren't doing great. So I'm going to be frank, right? <laughs> Just be there. So one way is meditating. The next way is making sure that I exercise so I can get proper oxygen body. I love to listen to affirmations, positive videos, things that get me inspired. I love to journal. I love to listen to positive music. And then by 7 a.m., I'm on two calls back to back at a minimum, right? I have 12 calls, 14 calls a week just on inspiration, wow. seven days a week in two different languages. And then I turn around and I deliver 14 other events, 15 total events online. So I must feed myself first. I come first. I'm probably one of the most selfish people you're going to meet. <laughs> and I think all great leaders are selfish. All great leaders are selfish because they care of themselves first. Right. They're not waiting. With the very people that we take care of, if we don't take care of ourselves first, we will end up resenting them. Mm -hmm. oh, I agree. And that's where we come and like, yeah. So like, no, everybody's always asking me for things. Mm -hmm. And I think as a woman sometimes, because we're such caregiver students, mm -hmm. like we take it on. We want to take care of mom and dad and the kids and the brother and the dog and the cat and the sister and the neighbor and whoever. And then at the end of the day, we forgot about us. Like mm -hmm. how many times does a woman say, I'm going to bed already? Two hours later, you know, she went and she ironed, she cooked, she cleaned, she put up <laughs> breakfast, lunch, whatever, prepared for dinner, took care of the homework and whatever. And all of a sudden the husband says, weren't you supposed to be going to bed? Right? Because we want to get that extra thing in. And then without that, we don't know that we're actually impacting ourselves and what's happening with us. Uh, it, it, and the things that you're talking about and helping overwhelm, you know, it, it is tried and tested and true uh, those things what you know it is meditation i meditate just like you in the mornings uh every day you know i try to go 20 to 25 minutes sometimes 30 minutes a day sometimes longer but it just at least i get that that's that time for me that's that time for to, for me to rejuvenate myself that's for my time to connect to something higher to feel the the sense of uh, of wholeness around me to align myself with what's the, what's before me for the day. I, I do my little rituals. I love exercising, whether it's hiking, yoga, or anything. But that's it's important for me to do those things because then I can give to others. And 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 I think you're right. Leaders got to be a little selfish in that way because you got people will start pulling so much from you because they're they're desperate for it or they need it or whatever it may be or they're looking to you for that guidance and that. And that, and that sense of uh, trust that you, if you're not taking care of yourself, you'll become uh, so depleted and so drained and you'll be wondering, what, why in the world am I, do I feel like this? And it's so important for self-care. So, 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 so important. And I love your company. And I want to get to your company, uh, Rocio, and your book because I know you got Unstoppable and I just love the title right. of it. Um, <laughs> and your your company is amazing. It's a... Uh, it's called Inventiva, and it is a boutique consulting firm which takes a unique approach to solving organizational challenges. We utilize our passion to create new possibilities for our clients and combine this with a commitment to transformation. Rocio, who is Inventiva and what exactly do you do? Wow. So thank you. First of all, like Inventiva is this extraordinary, excuse me, company that I developed many, many years ago. And to say, how do we invent something new? And that's even where the name comes from. It's an Italian name. Oh, hey. I'm like, I have the trademark on that. So just FYI. That's okay. No, that's great. And so one of the beautiful things <laughs> on there is the fact that I get to create, we get to choose, we get to be into that. And how do we create a new reality within organizations? When I had my marketing company, I had continued to do leadership development. And one of the major things that I saw people was getting stuck. Mm. They were stuck. You can deliver the, the best product, what deliver. And that person can have the time, the energy, the money, the education, the resources, the team members anything and everything in front of them. And if they're stuck, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. 
right? Because stuck is stuck, whether you're earning $5,000 a month or $50,000 a month or whatever it is, if you've been doing that for a long period of time and there's no forward progress, then you're stuck, right? Mm -hmm. How do we get ourselves unstuck? And so for me was to help people understand themselves first and foremost. What are we looking at from individual perspective? We have anywhere from 50,000 thoughts. When we're talking even about meditation, getting back to that for just a second, is here we go. Meditation really just slows our thoughts down. We have anywhere from 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Yes. And those are thoughts are the same thoughts that you had the day before and the day before. Yeah, but like 70 or 80% about, is okay. what you thought about the day before. Yeah. We're not even consciously <laughs> no. thinking those thoughts. And then, no. so, and then we're wondering why somebody's really upset. And I've experienced this myself. You know, mm. I'm like, I get it. I've been in a moment where I was trying to preach some, to somebody and I was really upset and I'm having that conversation with myself. That person's not even there. It's two o'clock in the morning. Why am I upset? And that's what we could do. And so, even Tiva came to that being to help individuals to see what they're doing and not doing it, and who are they really being, and what part of them are they not really owning? Because until we own who we are, until we fully accept who we are, until we own our gifts, until we see that we are also the ones that are responsible 100%, nothing happens to me. It happens for me. And when I can take it to that next level, what is it? What's blocking me? Why am I choosing? And sometimes we choose mm -hmm. not to see certain things, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're consciously choosing. Sometimes I watch people walk around and they're like, and I'll see I can't take a step. And I'm like, okay, you're perfectly healthy. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you be able to take this step? Or why would you not be able to do this? I get curious. Not that I ask that question. Mm -hmm. I, I ask myself that question. Why does this person, why are they not able, what do they see? What are the invisible roadblocks? Because again, we're a prisoner in our own mind. And just think about it, like Charlie, you're hanging on to those prison bars. Mm -hmm. And yet, there are no walls. <laughs> it's, You've been free all this time. Yeah. And, and we start thinking about, you know, it's because... I'm this way because somebody told me that uh, somebody told me this 25 years ago, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, 25 years, how, that person hasn't been able to move from that particular situation. Mm -hmm. They're replaying it in their mind. And this is what meditation does. It slows us down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we also get to choose in that moment as we choose to think something different and something new. And that's, when I talk about leadership, I just love the fact that I have the privilege to be able to help shine light. I don't do anything for people. I just get that straight. I don't mm -hmm. teach anyone anything. I help them return to who they are, Amen. who they were meant to be. Yes. And yes. that is it. They're like that tree right out there, that tree when it was a seed. It was always destined to be that tree. It was always destined to have that type of leaf and branch and fruit and flowers and whatever, whatever it is bearing. My only job is to help that person remember who they are. I love it. That's brilliant. I love that metaphor. I love seeing that. The idea that that tree was always in that seed anyway. That, that, that whole thing. I mean, you can't. The genetic and the size of it and where it was going to be and the size of the flowers and the leaves, it's already in there. And just returning people back to that essence, I think, is so fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. And leadership is something that is, I think it's, I think we all have the capacity for it. Uh, you know, they're in, and we can identify it in some people. And some people, you know, they're they're able to show it very well. Others are not. Others are maybe they're more introverted. Maybe they're a little bit more quieter and kind of standing towards the back a little bit. Uh, Rocio, how do you identify untapped talent in someone, untapped leadership potential in someone? and help them to create or, and to tap into their leader potential driven by their passion. I love that. So one of the greatest things I discover when working with people, Charlie, is that you can put anyone in front of me. Give me one word. Just tell me hello. I'll tell you whether you're having a good day or a bad day. Give me three minutes in front of that person and I can tell you whether they're geared negatively or positively. And I can typically identify anywhere from the three to five areas of their life 
or specific things where they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Now, to get them to auto-reflect, because me sharing that with somebody doesn't do them service. Okay, let's get that one straight. That person reflecting and figuring out where it's coming from, that's where the gold one is. Mm-hmm. That's my only job. That may take me eight hours. Mm-hmm. That may take me 16 hours. And as I'm working with an individual, we block eight-hour days. Mm-hmm. We'll block one to two-hour, eight-hour days, and I always tell people, we're blocking 10 hours that day mm-hmm. because I want to complete a process. We're in the middle of a process. Don't go hang out and, like, schedule your dinner and your movie and your whatever. No, you're staying with me here now <laughs> the full time. And it's been extraordinary when individuals start to see for themselves what's there. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite questions. What are you seeing for yourself? What are you discovering? What's now possible? And people start going through like, wow, you know, I'm doing this with my wife. I thought it was an issue with my husband. I see now that I'm doing it with my wife. I'm doing it with my friends. I'm doing it with my siblings. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, tell me more about that. And so when that person starts telling me more, I'm like, well, how would you like to show up instead? Mm-hmm. How do you choose to show up instead? Because it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I'm going to step in here and say, well, you go do this. No, that only, advice only serves the person that gives it. And that's an ego boost, right? Mm-hmm. And when we start to figure out, it's like, what is it for you? What are you committed to? Who do you want to show up as? Mm-hmm. I see miracles happening over and over again. People come to me literally sometimes 12 hours later, and they're like, Rocio. And I have three minutes to take a phone call, and they're like, let me just tell you all these things that are going on. I'm like, whoa, that's I, I love it, you know, like I live for that every day, to know that people's lives are amazing, to know that now they become the observer of what would have gone an automatic pilot, which are the fifty to 70,000 thoughts a day. As we've been chatting here, we've had anywhere from 35 to 48 thoughts a minute. Mm-hmm. And depending on who you are and who I am is also gonna depend on the level of conversation that we have. So if I'm geared negatively, of course I'm gonna be chatting about all the Negative things, right? <laughs> right? But if I'm an optimist right. and somebody that's excited about life, that's going to be different. And somebody who's interested, not interesting, interested. Mm-hmm. You're better off to be interested. And just let people be in, in that space where they auto-reflect and discover. Mm-hmm. And then they tap into levels of awareness. Like, wow, I want to be unstoppable. Here's, here's from my second book that I'll be releasing from The Ripple Effects, Daily Practices for the Extraordinary Life. And that theme where they try on this exercise, that 21-question exercise, and they call me, I'm unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I had somebody who who I met with them on Wednesday, the private coaching, released that. They purchased the book, and I released that exercise to them. And by 7.30 a.m. on Thursday, they're like, I'm unstoppable. They're on the phone, they're like, I'm unstoppable, right? Because everything does shift us. Things matter conversations matter these opportunities matter when we can see that for ourselves then life completely changes when we change the way we look at life the things that we look at change oh that's what am i wayne dyer right love it love it yes when we change the way we look at things the things we look at change and, and when I first heard that, I was, you know, and I've, I've worked with people who suffered from trauma and PTSD and, and, and a lot of violence, abuse in, 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 their, uh, in their relationships or in their childhood or the military. And there's a process when we get out of the trauma and moving into once you, when you're in trauma, you can't think about creating. You're just you got you're trying to get through the trauma. You're trying to get and it usually trauma uh, is an opportunity for transformation transfer the opportunity to transform your life often accompanies trauma and so working through and getting people to that place yes but when they get to that place where they can finally like oh, i've got myself back i can feel safe in my body again i'm i'm okay my life and future is ahead of me then all of a sudden these ideas start to start to percolate they start to get deep into their soul into their skin and it's it's amazing the transformations that can happen. How do you um, help people to rediscover their passions, their talents, their skills, and apply it to their work? Do you have a secret formula that that helps people to do this? 
yes and no. Okay? Yes and no. <laughs> the short and the long answer, yes and no. Mm. Because everybody's process is different. Mm -hmm. I take them through a process, and the process, the questioning process, what reveals itself in that moment of interview and inquiry and curiosity is really what leads the process. Because it's not the same process for everybody. Nothing has meaning except the meaning we give it. Mm -hmm. I want to take a step back and come back to this question. When we talk about people being in survival mode, which is what you're talking as well, which is inside of my book right there, talking about how the mind and when we go into thriving mode, what does that look like? When we go into yeah. survival mode, what does that look like? You know, when we look at chapter three page into that, page 18, you start looking at different areas of who we are being. And you're right, you know, Dr. Joe Splendis puts it beautifully. Mm -hmm. When a person goes into survival mode, it's like that gazelle that's running in the wild and all of a sudden it feels the fear of its life being in danger. And it thinks about three things immediately. Mm -hmm. It thinks about my life is in danger. How fast can I run and where do I go? How much time do I have to go get there? And so that gazelle, 15 minutes later after the chase, it's like goes back to grazing. It goes back to its normality. Okay, human being doesn't. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about it. We, we call Joe and Mary and Jill and Jack and you know whoever will. You should have you should have seen the way my boss treated me or the way this happened or that happened or my coworker or whatever. And we continue to repeat that conversation. See, somebody may have said or done something to us once. Mm -hmm. We do it to ourselves. I mean, we think about Gandhi. Nobody can take your self respect unless you give it to them. Mm -hmm. Like you're. We're the ones that person can't actually physically make you angry, right? When we take it all back and say, you know, is it physical possible? Would somebody get into my body, into my mind, into my emotions, stir them up and give them back over to me? They don't. We do that for ourselves, right? <laughs> and so yes. how do I help people is take, take them through their own process. Most people walk out with 20 pages of notes. Mm. They figure out where they are right now. They figure out why they are where they're at. Mm -hmm. And they figure out how to create a plan for moving forward and what's workable. Like, who do they want to be this way forward? Because at the end of the day, it's a decision. Do I want to be a nice person or not a nice person? Mm -hmm. And even our feelings are a decision, right? Because mm -hmm. we, we can see that, and I'm sure you've seen it. In 32 seconds, people can go into depression, mm -hmm. depending on what somebody tells them. I, I do this constantly in front of audiences. I tell them, show me a depressed person. I bring up somebody in front of the audience and all immediately they go, yeah. okay, how long did that take? One second, One okay? Second, right? Immediately, right? That's that's a choice, that's my physiology. And where when I can take control of my physiology, nobody has control of my physiology. Mm -hmm. And to expect somebody else to make us happy and bring that into us doesn't serve us or to have a boss or somebody else work on it for themselves so that they can show up for us. It's like putting on this mask. I put on a mask right here to be around mom. I could be safe around mom right here. Mm -hmm. And then dad requires me to put on this mask and then I'm putting mask after mask after mask and I don't even know myself. How do I help people? Take off the mask. Oh, it's brilliant. Take off every mm -hmm. mask, every mask. You know, here's the mask that I was pretending to be cool or beautiful or cute or happy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Take them all off. Bear who you are, because at the end of the day, we we are love. We come to love and through love, right? And mm -hmm. that's what we come to do in this world. And then when we can see that, get curious, just like Dr. Stephen R. Covey used to speak of. Mm -hmm. What are the things right there? You know, we can think about our thoughts before we're not our thoughts, and we can also choose who we want to become in that moment yes. as well. Right? Yes. How do I become what I want to become? The power of choice is amazing. Power <clears throat> you know, of choice. The power of choice. Power the ability, choice. You, you get to choose. You get to choose. And when you recognize how powerful choice really is, that I can allow either my past to control me and define me, or I get to define myself. But I get to choose that in this moment. I can allow all that has happened to me to make me bitter, make me angry, make me miserable, make me complain about how my life hasn't worked out the way I wanted, or I can choose to make something different. And that's how powerful choice is. And when you can switch it and, and being able to take off those masks like you're talking about. You know, we like to put on masks because it makes us feel safe or those are how we esteemed ourselves. It was a way for us to get value in life. You know, if I put on this mask and I'm a people pleaser, then I'm going to get, you know, a, some value from that. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly making everybody else happy. 
uh, or I'm going to be a codependent and I'm going to just manage everybody else's emotions. And that's how one way I'm going to be able to get value. And when you start taking off those masks, it becomes very vulnerable. But at the same time, that's where that, that potential, that's where your passion is. That's where your talents are. That's where your gifts are. And you've written a book talking all about this, Rocio. Uh, and it's called, and you've shown it up a couple of times. It's called Unstoppable. 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 Yeah. It's an international bestseller. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so... The book came out here, and it's just on that, wow, I wish I had like 100 hours with you, because I can just chat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I just love it. But when you were talking a moment ago about how individuals are putting on that mask and they're pleasing other people, they're also resenting people. Mm -hmm. Because they're getting something, there's a, there's a payout, they're getting something out of it. If I'm nice, you know, they're going to like me. Are we seeking to like people, or for people to like Right? We can definitely write a book on any of those topics that you just shared. And that's something that's so important when I'm taking off that mask. What was it? How was it? Was I being safe? I remember at one point, I, I was at the top of my career. I had more than what I could have ever imagined. I had the car that had the kid, the education, the business. I was an empty nester. I was 33. Okay. And my life was different, but yet I didn't feel worthy. There was a moment in time, and longer story short, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor literally as I turned 34. And in that moment, triggers and those moments of lack of awareness, it's not really what happens to us. It's how we respond to what happens to us, right? That tumor had given me an opportunity to live and grow and decide and, and see my life, to really evaluate it. And learn from it and to figure out what's not working because dis-ease is just that. It's a dis-ease in the body. Something's not going on in the body, whether we're holding on to anger, resentment, shame. One of the greatest things that I work with individuals just like myself, I didn't feel worthy of having success. Mm -hmm. I remember there was an exercise that I went to a personal development conference and they gave us three minutes to go compliment anyone and everyone about whatever it is about them. And I remember, I thought, you would have thought I was going for the trophy. I was running around like, you know, hey, you look beautiful, or this, that, and left and right. And what I didn't realize later, it took me a while to realize I was just wanting to please people. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't feel worthy. And I was trying to make them feel better about themselves. That anytime they try to say something, I just jumped ahead and said, oh, let me implement you right here, right now, right? Because I don't need to hear it, right? <laughs> so when you've been through that level of adversity and you've been through that level of understanding in life, life looks different. And that's where Unstoppable comes from. And when you can understand here in the first part of the book right here, by the way, I dedicated this to my grandson. And by the way, my son is now 29 years old. Wow, that's Victor, amazing. My, son, <laughs> my grandson, Emilio, is five years old. Okay. And my son and, and his wife have known each other since they were like 15 years old. It's extraordinary. <laughs> so I have this book dedicated to them. And here are some of the topics. In the very beginning of the book, part one, is you know, how do we do more with less time? Mm -hmm. Number one is our leaders or or are they made? Mm -hmm. And to me, we're all leaders. We're all leaders. We don't need a title. And as a matter of fact, I truly believe that leadership is not something that is earned. It's given, right? Because you you come and you take it. You take it. You take on that project. You take it and completely selflessly. Mm -hmm. And then people will see it. It's like, well, wait until I get a promotion to become a leader. No, there are no promotions in true leadership, right? Mm -hmm. You just jump in there, you do what you do, and you move forward, regardless of the recognition or not. So just understanding that we all have that capacity to lead. That second here, the second chapter in there, unlocking the secrets of the mind, and it's like knowing that we're geared more negatively, that we're more willing to do something when something goes wrong versus than when something goes right. Mm -hmm. Like in the middle of the night, somebody's call you at 10 o'clock at night and they say, I have great news for you, Charlie. I just got a promotion at work and you're like, so what, call me tomorrow when I'm awake, <laughs> right? But if your best friend is to call you at three o'clock in the morning and says, I'm about to get a divorce, you're like, okay, what restaurant Lord. do you want me to meet you at? Exactly. Let me go chat with you. Yeah. As opposed to 
standing there and being with their excellence and their joy and their excitement. Mm-hmm. We're more geared. We have like this undeniable desire and we're attracted to negativity. Mm-hmm. That's our subconscious mind. You know, our subconscious mind, even as we're standing here, it's wondering, am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Yeah. Right? The ego loves negativity. Ego loves it. The ego loves negativity. Yeah. And how many people do we call them like, there are people in my life still to today. You know, <laughs> the vast majority have like made their way out of my life. There's still people in my life that call me like, let me tell you at least one person. And let me tell you the horrible things that are going on. And it's like, tell, tell me something positive. How do this? Anyway, there's so many different things. How to get, how to banish those feelings, how to banish those those patterns that we have aligning ourselves and provides a step-by-step process. And even I come also from a strategic planning perspective. How do you plan? You know, just like if this little girl who was 12 years old can see herself for her life, and even at the age of five that I become a teacher, and at 17 in university, you know, these things are tried and they're true, and and it just continues to move forward and where we're in the process of discovery. Because mm-hmm. we can learn from anything, from anyone. Even We can even learn from a dog or a tree mm-hmm. or a baby. Yeah. When we get curious, it's the moment that we think we know it all is the moment that we don't know anything. Oh, my gosh. I truly believe that. So true. That is absolutely <laughs> so true. Uh, you know, the moment you think you know what, that you know everything means you know nothing. I mean, it's people who are really understand and, have, and, and know a lot know that they don't know very much, know that there's so much more out there. And there's a sense of humility and, 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 and grace that comes along with that. It says just, wow, I'm a part of this mystery and I don't know how I am, but I'm a part of it. And it's pretty incredible. And wow, how can I help other people to feel that kind of jubilation and euphoria just from their own existence and being the kind of leaders to be able to, to hone in on that? And I, your book sounds fantastic. I mean, it absolutely is, sounds phenomenal. And, and I can't believe we're getting close to the end here of our, our conversation. I, I want to ask a couple more questions before we close out, uh, Rocio. What qualities, when you're looking for leadership, and, you're, and, you're, and, you're, and you've written this book, and you're talking about how to be unstoppable, what are the qualities that you look for in a leader? Are there certain traits that stand out for me the most important thing is are they empathetic do they Mm -hmm. have compassion are they somebody who is willing to be in the place of discomfort in order for the greater good to come out because sometimes life is chaos right like (laughs) i wouldn't be the person that i was Mm -hmm. and who i am today if it wasn't for the person that i was and the life that i experienced back then Right? All that chaotic is like that pressure that kept on pushing against that, that rock that became a diamond, right? that piece of coal. And all of a sudden, it's here. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding that moments of perturbation, how do people deal with moments of perturbation, moments of stress, moments of difficulty? I want to know how people are dealing with them. Mm-hmm. I've had a number of people that I've had the privilege to work with. And the best people are the ones who are like, is there anything else for you? They continue to ask questions. And especially when it's uncomfortable, let me seek to understand where's this person coming from. Yep. That was my, that was was my, and that's when we use these technology. That was always always on our mind, so. (laughs) So that's one of the things that I really see on that, Charlie. You know, are they empathetic? Are they compassionate? Are they resourceful? First of all, are, are they even resourceful? before in that order empathetic mm-hmm. compassionate resourceful are they somebody that's willing to move through things even when they're difficult or are they the type of person that's going to run away when they see the first sign of difficulty mm-hmm. right are they somebody that's giving of themselves are they somebody that's going to acknowledge and boost up the morale or somebody that's going to bring them down mm-hmm. you know and that's something that's so important if somebody's really upset and they're angry and it means that any of us can get angry are they willing to look at themselves, yeah. right? Because most of the time we get angry because there's something missing. What's missing? Mm-hmm. Why are we not happy? And I think that, you know, all of those qualities are so rich in a human being. They're so rich. And when you can cultivate those qualities and, and notice those traits in yourself, you want to be able to really cultivate, really be able to, 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 to give it back, to give it out into the world. 
and to to feel what it feels like when you're living in that embodied state and you're feel, you're you're being more compassionate you're asking those questions you're not letting your outside world control you or interfere with what's going on you're able to stay balanced and stay centered and you're doing it in integrity i think people who have one of the key qualities that i that i love is people who who mean what they say and say what they mean and i think that w when you can feel like you can trust somebody and a leader has got to be someone we can trust, that we know that whether that we like it or not, they're going to tell us the truth. And I think that is such a critical, critical component uh, in all of our leaders, whether because if we want them to follow us, we've got to be able to say that to speak to their hearts and to be able to speak the truth uh, without worrying about how it's going to be received, because that, I think, is what is most needed uh, in times like these. Yes, they are. And who we become at the very end of this, right? Mm -hmm. When we go all back to work, it depends on the decisions that we make right here, right now. Mm -hmm. And what decisions am I making in this moment for my boss, for myself, for everyone? Am I being that contributor or am I just contributing? Mm -hmm. They're two different things. Am Don't I being the contributor or am I just contributing well, just... To, to everything? This is happening, right? as opposed to I'm guiding, I'm leading, I'm part of this. This is a family. Mm -hmm. This organization, we don't just come in and get paid. This is not somewhere where we come and get paid. It's something that we create. People's lives and livelihoods and experiences and everything is tied into an organization, right? If that organization succeeds, then that individual is going to succeed. And if imagine if everybody comes to work like that. Yeah. Oh my what gosh, oh my God, what a concept. Where you're co collaborative, where you're working together, you're all on that same team. You're motivated, you're excited, this per and you're and you're willing to, uh, to to give to the to the to the vision. Do you think imagination plays a big part in being a leader? I mean, is it a, is it important to be able to have a vision for what it is that you're you're working towards? Most definitely. And yeah. here's one of my favorite sayings: To have sight doesn't mean we have vision. Oh, wow. Okay, and to have vision doesn't mean we have insight, and that to have insight doesn't mean we have foresight. Just like knowledge doesn't mean we have wisdom, wow. okay? and even wisdom doesn't mean we have the foresight. Right? Completely into that. How do we see ourselves many, many steps possible? Because here you may be sharing as a leader, you may be sharing this dream, and all of a sudden nobody's listening. Mm -hmm. How do you speak in a way, in a language that's going to help individuals? How do you get into a person's world if we don't even know who they are, mm -hmm. right? I've been that, that person. I've been a president of an organization where the very people that I was guiding who knew me for two years didn't even know I had a son, <laughs> right. Right? right? How wild is that right. when we're talking about our humanity, right? right? Where today I can sit in front of someone and have a meeting with that person for 20, 30, 40 minutes really get into their world that would have normally taken me a year or two or maybe even four mm -hmm. because I've only seen them four times or five times or six times. We never really built a relationship. We never got into authenticity and vulnerability mm -hmm. and connection as opposed to right here, right now, 20, 30 minutes, life is great. Now I can really get into their world. Now I know what really in, touches, moves, inspires them, keeps them awake at mm -hmm. night. You know, for me, I get up in the morning, I'm like, wow, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to serve. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, how, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you, Rocio? Most definitely. They can call me. They can call me, text me, email me. You can okay. call me at 303 587 8367, go to my radio voice. <laughs> 303 587 8367. Or you can also email me. Please let me know where you heard me. And that email is rocio at the word invent, IVA com. Again, that's rocio at the word invent, IVA com. Inventiva consulting.com. Will you come back onto the show? I'd love for us to be able to. I'd love for us to be able to. I mean, I'm like, I think there's so much we didn't even get a chance to cover today, and uh, you know, I I think uh, there is so much you have to offer and to share, and you inspire uh, just 
the what the, what is inside of us you inspire people to achieve their best to to motivate them to aspire beyond what they think they're capable of doing and being and i would just love for you to be able to come back on the show if you could i would love to be part of your show again oh. yes thank you Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the council today. Uh, I want to thank KUHSDenver.com. KUHS, the, the stream. We are broadcasting live here in Denver, Colorado, and all across the nation, all across the world. We're being listened to on this show um, in so many different countries all around the world. Every two weeks you turn in, tune in. Thank you so much for doing that. It's an honor and a privilege to be your host. Um, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, quickly, Ro uh, Rocio, I always ask my guests right before we close the show, if there is one piece of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, what would it be? Wow. I'm going to say two because okay. I love that. So one piece of advice would be to be curious about life, be curious about others. And the second thing, accept all of who you are. The good, the bad, the ugly, the everything. Adversity is really what brought us here. I wouldn't be half the woman if people around me would have been a tenth of the, who they could have been, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that led me to be who I am today. So just own all that adversity, own your life experiences, show up like you own it. Show up like you own it everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, like show up in your life like you own it. You own your life. Yes, like you belong yes, you, there. Yes, like you belong. You belong there because we do. We do. You belong. You belong, there. You belong in belong. this life. All right, folks. Thank you so much. The council is adjourned. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. We will see you again in two weeks. God bless.